You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep. That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. And download the Prize Picks app today. Hey, my name's Ian Begley. You're watching the NBA Exchange with Dexter Henry. Welcome, everybody, to the NBA Exchange. Happy Good Friday. We are a day away, less than a day away. Well, about just over 24 hours away till the start of the NBA playoffs. We still have some games in the playing tournament to go through tonight. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. But I wanted this episode to be particularly focused on betting. Um, We're going to talk a lot about how you bet uh, around the NBA, what you should do in terms of looking at these first-round matchups, what might be some good value whether you're going to bet series or individual games. So I wanted to do that. Now, with me to talk about that is somebody I've known for a long time. I've watched him rise up in the sports journalism industry. It's my man, Kenny Ducey. He's a betting analyst for NBC Sports Edge, the Action Network, and Boardroom. Kenny joins me now on The Exchange. Kenny, what's up, man? It's good to see you again, Dex. It's uh, Yeah, it's been a long time. I think we've known each other since I was about 18. So yep. that's that's like, yeah, like 10 or 11 years. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, man. I know, I, for people who don't know, I know Kenny going back to his days at Fordham University. He was grinding, getting into the sports broadcasting scene. He was always working hard. So I'm really glad to see his success, man. Everything you're doing uh, with sports betting, I think it's fantastic. All the outlets you're working for and doing stuff for yourself. So keep it up, man. I'm, I'm loving what you're doing. That's why I had to have you on for this. Cause I was like, you're now a sports betting guru, Kenny. I got, I got to put you in that, in that realm. You're a sports betting guru. So I want to ask you this to start off. Um, people always talk about, well, what makes somebody a good better? What makes somebody a good sports betting analyst? What is the key things you think people need to know or in terms of being a good 
better when it comes to sports, whether it's the NBA or anything? What makes somebody a good sports better? So, you know, we're going to use the word value here, right? I, I think that was one of your questions on value on an NBA playoff series. And value is a word that's always thrown around, right? Everyone always says, oh, where's the value here? Where's the value here? And I think it's important to understand what that word means and understand how it relates to sports betting. It, you know, so basically handicapping is is sort of another uh, interchangeable word these days for someone who, you know, breaks down sports betting, a sports betting analyst. And really what that is, is you have to go through the matchups. You have to go through the week that the strengths and weaknesses of both teams, um, you know, in basketball, uh, for, for example, you know, rebounding battle or this team has has had issues defending the point guard, you know, vice versa. Uh, so in those scenarios, you have to sort of figure out, OK, how many points would you spot this team? What what number would you make this team on the money line? And then you weigh that against the market. You weigh that against the, mar- uh, you know, the way that the, the public has bet this game and how the market's corrected. And you can identify value that way. So value is just basically, uh, hey, this team is you know minus one sixty to win tonight. I'd probably make them minus two hundred. If you see a significant gap like that, you know you have to take that number. That that's what you're doing. So that is what it is. That is in theory what sports betting is. What sports handicapping is is you have to go through and you have to figure out ways that you can uh, you know be a plus eve better. So you have to figure out okay, well this, there there is value here. Um, this guy is too long of an uh, an underdog. And, uh, and and then you take those numbers, and if you are good at it, then eventually over time you make money, and it's it's you know it, it's a very very long grind in the business. We always say it's a marathon, not a sprint, because you're going to have your your bad days, your bad weeks. But you know again, if you can identify that value consistently over time, you're going to make money. And another thing is is just getting out in front of it, right? You know the Hawks today, uh, they're they're two point favorites. They were two point underdogs at open. So always yep. identifying those lines early as well, identifying those those uh, you know the, the lines that are that are off, and you know getting in early, and then what we call closing line value. You get a four point swing, and uh, you get you get the right number. So getting the right number, identifying where there might be a little bit of a discrepancy in the odds. And uh, that that's how you are a good sports better than a good sports handicapper. We always talk a little bit about sports betting on this show, particularly around the NBA. One of the things I always try to encourage people sometimes too, you talked about value is I think a lot of times people go for, you know, the odds they see at the game. So Hawks minus two tonight, right? And it's minus 110 in terms of the odds, but maybe a little bit in a situation where the odds are higher. How do you see a lot of people that are willing to adjust those odds, look for the value, maybe go to alternative spread? I do that a lot sometimes. Maybe I don't like the, you know, I don't like the line here. Let me shift that. Is that something people should be doing when they're looking in terms of value for betting on these games? Honestly, it's not something and it, it's different with every sport. And I think that, you know, in, in uh, basketball and, and football in particular, two very popular sports to bet, it, it's not a recommended strategy because generally speaking, the sports books are very sharp on these lines. And it, it is fun sometimes to go out and play one. Uh, if you feel really, really confident about the Hawks, for example, playing, a, you know, a, a minus seven or a minus eight alt spread. You know, you'd obviously stake that lower than you would just a normal a normal bet on on what the spread is. But we've seen, especially in the playoffs, and that's another thing to remember. You know, if we're talking about the regular season, it, it's maybe a, a you know a late February game, March game. Uh, you know, not a very highly bet game. Maybe it's maybe it's like I don't know Grizzlies Pistons or something. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you could take a shot there. But and think in general, when we get down to the playoffs, these lines are pretty sharp. They're not moving too much. So you definitely don't want to go too crazy with uh, with alt spreads, but yes, I do know that especially in the in the prop market, it actually can be uh, quite fruitful to do to do some alternative numbers if you think that you know Kevin Herter is going to go off. Uh, you know, you can take uh, you know his over was two and a half threes last night. He only hit three threes or two nights ago rather, but uh, 
you know, I, I see sometimes my colleagues will take ladders. So they'll say, okay, two, over two and a half threes, over three and a half threes, or four and a half threes. And you, you, you can definitely make a lot of money that way as well. If you can identify a guy that's, that's about to go off and have a good night, you can kind of escalate those prop markets. Is there, and the other question I want to ask you that, is there better, when it comes to the playoffs, because you talked about how the lines are, you know, more strict, you don't see much variation in the lines here in the postseason. Is, is it better to bet on individual games or playoff series when it comes to playoff betting with the NBA? I think it all depends. You know, I think it, and, and we, we can get into it, but it's sort of, it's sort of, you know, series by series, right? So if you can identify, okay, well, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to win this series, but Luka Doncic, you know, obviously out for game one, uh, you know, I want to wait until the Mavericks lose, get the better price. You know, you have to play the market like that sometimes. So I, I think it just really all depends. I think there's, there can be plenty of value betting game to game. There also are certain scenarios where, you know, the series markets may be more attractive after game one. If you can sort of, you know, mm. wait, wait out where the, where the prices are going to come. I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of people hopping on the Raptors right now. Uh, the Raptors are a very popular underdog pick to win this series against the Sixers, given the way that Phillies ended the, ser- the season and James Harden sort of, you know, struggling to fit in with that offense uh, after such a great start. So, you know, th- there are scenarios like that where you might want to hop on the Raptors now before that upset game one win. Or, you know, maybe you want to wait if you anticipate it and then take the Sixers at, you know, even money or, or something like that. So it's the, the series markets are definitely very fun to play, but they're much different. Right. You, you sort of right. you almost want to wait until after game one or after game two and then hop in because you can get some pretty enticing odds on, on teams to come back or teams that we think are, are are more established. Remember the, you know, the the Mavericks last last year blowing that series lead to the Clippers. The yep. Jazz did it as well. Um, you know, the Mavericks were shooting unsustainable, uh, and that was a big thing I, I identified last year. The Mavericks were shooting like fifty percent from three for the first three games, and then they cooled off and lost that series. You know, if you can sort of see stuff like that unfolding, you can get some. You can make a lot of money and get some really, really nice value. It's going to be interesting to see how some of the lines, especially in the series and games, how they shift after game ones. Because a lot of you know this, Kenny. A lot of times people overreact to game ones. It could be on the betting side, prediction yep. side. Whatever it may be, you see a lot of overreaction there. But um, let's look at some of these matchups. Which of these first-round matchups do you think is the best value you know, in terms of betting on that you've looked at right now where you're saying, hey, this is a good pick for somebody looking at one of these first-round matchups? For me, it's actually the Denver Nuggets at plus 210. And the reason is, you know, over the last few years, despite the fact that we know Draymond Green to be a very, very solid defender, right? He, he's great. Uh, one of the things he has not been able to do with consistency is slow down uh, opposing big men and, and really slow down big rebounders. Uh, you know, Nicole Jokic, I think, could have a really nice night, uh, you know, in game one and have a really nice series against the Golden State Warriors. The other thing to consider is Steph Curry is probably going to be available for game one, but like we don't really know how, how good he's going to look. This Golden State team was was losing some really, you know, really tough games to lose down the stretch without Steph Curry. They were they were not the same. And I, I, I just think that there could be a, a really big discrepancy on the glass. There could be a really big discrepancy down low. Golden State's played great all year, but to make the minus 250 against the Denver team that's played pretty solid defense. I know they have their flaws, but they can get really hot from three. They obviously have the MVP favorite here. I think that they certainly should be given a much better chance in this series. So that's actually one that I'm looking at here because Denver, they do show up in the playoffs. We know that, uh, you know, that, that great series against Portland last year. And like I said, this, this matchup down low, I think could get away from Golden State a little bit with Jokic. Yeah, good. That's one thing we talked about the other day on the show was that we think Jokic could dominate in that matchup for sure. So look at him for some player props as well, too. I think that's something people should look at. What's a first round series that you would say, "Mm, I don't know about this one, Dex. Maybe let's stay away from this. Is there a first-round series you're just not really feeling right now? 
Well, I honestly don't love that that Raptors Sixers series for the reason I said because everyone in the world is saying, "Oh, the Raptors are going to upset the Sixers." And yeah. uh, Doc Rivers is a, is a guy that is is not a great coach. We don't really know how he's going to react if if Nick Nurse throws a lot at him in Game One. Uh, so I don't really love betting on that series. Also, uh, Celtics Nets. Uh, the Celtics are are favored right now at minus one thirty. I think the Celtics would go ahead and win the finals. I also think the Celtics could lose in five games to the Nets. Right? We, we know that the Nets can get really really hot. So. This one is a really difficult one to call. I don't think I have any interest in maybe maybe game by game, seeing how things start off. But in terms of betting series props uh, or, or series lines, I would definitely not bet, bet on uh, Celtics Nets. I've been a little bit drawn into the Raptors one, Kenny, but I'm with you on the Nets. That's one I'm just like, I, that could go either way. I'd stay away. I pick Nets in seven, but as far as putting some money down on that, yeah, I might I might stay away on that. What about, I don't know if this is Denver for you, but what do you have as a likely underdog to win a first-round series? Is it Denver? It, I mean, you said you're out on the Raptors. Is it Dallas? They've been getting some pretty good odds. I've seen them as high as plus 250. Who do you like in terms of an underdog to win one of these first-round series? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely am looking at Denver, and, and especially Denver in Game 1. I think getting 6.5 points is, uh, is, is really delectable, and I think they could win that game. But, yeah, I mean – Honestly, I have to say my Clippers. I've been saying the Clippers are 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 an underdog for three months now, assuming that Paul George is going to come back. Uh, look, I don't know if they can win this series against the Phoenix Suns, but if you can go ahead and get a series spread on them, if indeed they do win the play, they have to win the playing game. You know, let, let's get that out of the way. They have to beat the Pelicans, but assuming they beat the Pelicans, they're now four point favorites to do that. Uh, I, I think that they could certainly put a little bit of a charge in the Suns. The Suns have been pretty much unbeatable. The Clippers have played them well this year. Paul George, you know, if you remember last year, there really hasn't been too much roster turnover for both teams. They're pretty similar teams. And the the Suns were just as good back then. And the Clippers probably should have won that series in the Western Conference Finals against them. They, they uh, you know, really, they almost took game one in a shock on the road. They came all the way back, cut it to like five points really late in that game. And uh, obviously they had that game. I think it was game four, game five, where they had like a four-minute scoreless stretch and really had every opportunity to win. So, I think the Clippers played a really good series with the Suns last year. And I just feel like, you know, given that history and who knows, maybe Kawhi Leonard decides he just is wants to play basketball again. Uh, you know, who, who knows what could happen in that series. But yeah, wow. I'll, I'd be interested to see that series line because I think they'll probably put the Clippers out at like plus 400 to win that series. And if you could get like a plus two and a half games to get the Clippers to win two games in that series, I'd really, really like that. So that's the one underdog I'd be looking at. We didn't talk about. I like I like that actually. If you can get Clippers to win plus two games in that series, yeah, that might that might be some good value for you there. And if Kawhi comes back, watch. I mean, that that changes everything. It really feels like he could just at any moment just be like, you know, I'm coming back. I mean, look, I I think that we get too caught up in being too cautious with medical things now when we're in the media. But it was a partial it, it was a partial tear of his ligament. It wasn't like it was a an injury that we normally see athletes take like years to recover from, and it was a year ago. So who knows? Um, he he's been practicing, he's been shooting, and it it really just feels like maybe maybe they're kind of keeping it quiet. And if the moment's right, you know, he'll come back. And obviously, who knows how good he'll be when he come back? But Paul George came back. He scored thirty points in his first game. So uh, you never really know. That's good. And Paul George was fantastic the other night. Yeah. Lost to the Timberwolves. So yeah, we'll we'll see on that. In terms of player and team props in the first round, what what are some that you would keep your eye on here? You talked about Jokic. You and I both agree he can be pretty dominant in that series. Maybe you want to look at him getting triple double value. I think that depends on a lot of how the players play around him. But are there any other player or team props you're keeping an eye on for this first round? 
Yeah, honestly, uh, I've, I've been looking a lot at this Grizzlies Timberwolves series because it's going to be really fun. And, uh, you know, here's one thing we were just talking about with the public, right? We, you know, you have to really gauge where the value is. The public loves Anthony Edwards right now. And, and what's not to love, right? The guy plays really exciting basketball. He, he throws down insane dunks. His points per game prop right now in the in round one is is over under 23 points per game is going to average. I really like that under. I think that this is a little bit inflated given what we saw in the playing game. You know, Carl Anthony Towns does have the tendency to get into foul trouble, but assuming he stays on the court, he's going to be commanding a lot of the ball. D'Angelo Russell, we, we saw him command a lot of the ball and Patrick Beverly as well. Like there's a lot of mouths to feed. And also, you know, the Grizzlies have played some pretty good perimeter defense this year. I think that Anthony Edwards under 23 points is actually a pretty good look. That is an astronomical number to hang on him. Uh, and here's the thing about Anthony Edwards. He's had some really great games this year. He had like, what, that, that night where he hit 10 threes. He's also gone missing for a lot of, a lot of the season. Like he's had some pretty terrible shooting nights. And all you really need is one bad shooting night from Anthony Edwards in this series. And I think you cash the under 23 points. I just don't know how he does enough to average more than that. So I think that's a, that's a number I was really looking at. Um, you know, maybe also the James Harden under 21 and a half points as well. Hmm. Uh, I think that that's, that's another one where he's been doing so much passing. And I know that I think there's the expectation here with this number that in the playoffs, he's going to shoot more. I mean, he's been a big distributor for them. You know, that's the reason that they have been able to win games with him is because of his passing. He's racked up double digit assists. So I think that's a little bit high as well. I think you want to take those big names. You want to see if that, that number sort of makes sense. And I think in, in these scenarios, I think there's there's a decent amount of value on the unders. Yes, I, I think there's good value there on the unders. I'm with you on Anthony Edwards. You're asking a lot of him to get 24 more points per game, averaging for a series in his first playoff series. That's another thing we should mention. Yeah. And Harden, I'm glad you mentioned that too. I could see how that number is tantalizing for a lot of people because of what he's done in the past. But he has not looked good, as you know, Kenny. He has not looked good recently. And he's done a lot more distributing, which you're 100% right about. So... I like those. Those are those are those are two good ones. All right, so we'll, we'll we'll see on that. What's the best bet for a road team to get a victory in Game One? Everybody will have their eyes on these Game One matchups this weekend. What's a road team that you think could come and get that upset? And you like them either to take them with the money line or the points. What's the team you're looking at in terms of that? Yeah, so I, I think that really we only have a few options here. We talked about how the Nuggets could definitely win this one. I'm going to go back to the, the Toronto Raptors because we haven't talked about this matchup a lot. I just think anytime you can get the better coach at Plus 160, I think you just have to do it. Uh, and Nick Nurse is a better coach than Doc Rivers at, at this point in, in both of their careers. And I don't know if Doc Rivers is really going to have a game plan for what Nick Nurse does on defense against I, – I, look, I, he has he's going to have to make adjustments in this series because uh, I expect the Toronto Raptors with their length and the ability to play defense. Uh, you know, they played some great defense. They've also shot very well. Uh, you know, He's really going to have to go to work here to figure out how to solve this issue, this problem – and I don't know if he's going to have the goods, at least in game one, to adjust mid-game. Uh, you know, maybe we see the, the Sixers come out with a different approach in game two. But I think the Raptors come, come in and, and hit uh, Philly in the mouth. They just have not been playing very good basketball over the last month or so. And this is a Raptors team, again, that just has the guard play. They have the shooting. And they play really good defense. They have really good length. They could definitely bother the Sixers because – you know, aside from Joel Embiid, there's not a ton that has gone right for this team. Getting rid of Seth Curry is, has actually proven to be sort of a, a rough spot because they, you know, obviously Danny Green, they employ him, but the shooting has been pretty brutal uh, aside from him. And even Danny Green's really played off the bench, right? So it's, uh, you know, if, if there's not going to be a lot of threes falling for Philly, it, it's going to start to be a slow-paced game. And I think that really favors the Raptors. So I think they get this game one win. 
Raptors game one win. That'll be interesting to see how they even affects the line for the series uh, after that. That'll be very interesting there. All right, let's talk about some of these playing games tonight, Kenny, because we still got some games yeah, let's before we get to, the, get to the playoffs. Okay, so the Hawks and the Cavs, all right? Um, you'll see a little variation in the lines across the major sports books, right? I've seen minus one, minus two, minus one and a half. Uh, I've seen a little bit of variation in this. What do you like this game? This is I usually think when it's three points or below – Take whichever team you think is going to win and go with the money line there. Right. Um, what What do you think about betting on this one? Do you like the Hawks or like the Cavs? I I like the Hawks here. You know, I, I know that uh, that I, I've started to see some people say there's a little bit of value on Cleveland with the two points at home. But you know, Atlanta just it, here's the thing about Cleveland. First of all, I know I just said Atlanta. Cleveland has not played defense for I don't know two months now, and I think that really kind of coincides with the Jared Allen injury. But it really should be noted that this team was. I mean, we we think about. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers as a very good defensive team because that's who they were for most of the season. But over the last two week, or last two months, that's not been the case. Now, I'm also a little concerned uh, if I am a Hawks better at this, this Jared Allen news. I just mentioned that Allen obviously is uh, a guy that is, you know, we should be, you know, fearing uh, if he's going to be out, this Cavaliers defense is going to crumble. I mean, he is questionable for this game. If he does indeed play, I do feel like there is a little bit of value uh, on the the Cavaliers, but I, so I'm gonna kind of wait to see what happens with that status. And I think the Cavaliers as two point underdogs could be a little bit interesting. But if there's no Jared Allen in this game, I think that that my mind is made up here. I'm definitely taking Atlanta. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that on that one too. Now in the other game, Pelicans Clippers. The consensus on this one pretty much is Clippers as four point favorites. That's what you're pretty much seeing here across the board. You like the Clippers too possibly even upset the Suns. So I'm assuming you like the Clippers here against the Pelicans, right, Kenny? Uh, well, I did until uh, literally four minutes ago. The reason I'm looking oh, over no. my screen is because oh, Paul no, George... No. We got updated information. Yeah, oh, no. Paul George is in health and safety protocols and uh, wow. that he's not going to play in tonight's game. So that sort of throws a wrench in things. I, I do think that the Clippers are... I actually kind of like the Clippers more now because I know that we're going to get the Clippers at uh, probably plus money at this point. You know, given how good New Orleans looked against the Spurs, I think, again, overreaction here. The Spurs, they're not a very good basketball team. We all know this. So, you know, the Clippers had, had you know, I think they were the eighth seed without Paul George before he came back or the ninth seed in the, in the West. They played really solid basketball without him. I do have some questions about how the offense flows. Like, I think that, you know, this offense, everyone's more comfortable in this offense with Paul George there because he takes so much of the scoring load and everyone kind of plays the roles that they need to. Reggie Jackson did not have a good playing game against the Timberwolves. Like he's obviously going to need to be one of the stars on offense for them. Um, but it's certainly possible that they could win this game. I, I also just, the, the the reason I liked the Clippers to start with is because they can play small ball and the Pelicans, they throw they, what they want, what the Pelicans want is teams that like to play inside because they, that's how they can win. They can keep Jonas Valanciunas out there. He's going to rack up rebounds. One of the best rebounding teams in the league. He's going to score down low. The Clippers are going to go small with Robert Covington at the five, and I don't know if New Orleans has an answer for that. I know that obviously now you don't have Paul George on the wing, but if Luke Kennard can come back for this game, you know maybe there's a little bit there. There's a little bit of credence to taking the Clippers. I, I certainly I think will be exposed to the Clippers if they're underdogs here once the line gets posted. And I would say that Paul George is probably worth around four points, so I would say that this is now going to probably turn into a pick 'em or maybe even uh, the the Clippers are, are underdogs here. That'd be interesting for me. Right now, I'm seeing it as as a pick 'em. Um, right now but I think that could be probably you're right could move even more and we can see the Clippers as underdogs so that's that's really interesting thank you for the breaking news on this yeah 
Yeah, there we go. You never that know what's going to happen. But, but see, that's also why we talk about, uh, Kenny, when you're doing this, the betting, you have to pay attention to all the information. Even up to the last minute, you got to pay attention to information. Anything can change. So you got to keep your eye on that. Okay, let, can we talk some futures bets? Um, sure. Because, you know, people are still trying to get in on some of these. Um, Coach of the year, MVP, most improved player, defensive player of the year. Any of those awards, do you still think there's good value if you're getting it now or should you have got in on this a while ago? Yeah, the thing about this is is there really is not a lot of value in taking it this late in the season, especially yeah. when you look at the fact that, you know, that you look at the MVP market, uh, the favorite is minus 365. That's Nikola Jokic. And the reason is because you sort of get a feel for how things are going to go. The, the voters are already made up their mind. We saw the ESPN straw poll, which said – Nicole Jokic was the MVP. Um, so you would kind of be a little uh, – it, it would kind of not be a smart decision to bet on Joel Embiid at this point, given the fact that a lot of the writers are leaning towards taking Nicole Jokic. It is – I always like to say with these futures markets, it is a human award at the end of the day. Like the, the, there's a human element to the voting, and the voting is – you know, there's even though you're not supposed to take the postseason into account or late in the season, like there's recency bias. There's a lot that goes into it, and I just feel like – you know, Joel Embiid in the second half of the season, really since they got James Harden, has not been quite the focal point of Philly as he was. And, you know, meanwhile, Nikola Jokic did really well to get Denver into the playoffs and avoid the playing game. So I think that there's a lot working against Embiid at this point. Uh, and so I would I would tend to believe the odds that he is, you know, a, two, a plus 265 underdog to win this award. But um, if you want to have some fun here, yeah, maybe take maybe you take uh, you know Giannis at plus eight hundred. I don't think it's that far fetched. If Jokic doesn't win the award, I don't think it's that far fetched that Giannis actually winds up winning it again. Uh, he was that good this year, and I think he's getting a little bit of love from the uh, the writers. So what you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. And that any of the other awards you think it's or is it just kind of a wrap on everything? Is there any of these other awards that you think maybe you can get in and look at some of this action and maybe make something late because. Most improved might be kind of up in the air. Coach of the year is a tough one too, right? Like Monty Williams should be the favorite. Yeah, he's like minus two thousand to win. Yeah. So it's yeah, so, like I said, so it's, it's it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's over. I've I've done. I've, I mean, I I've taken uh, most improved odds before at this point in the season just for fun. But it, it it I can tell you from experience, it is not usually fruitful because the favorites right. are indeed the. It's like betting on you know the Oscars when you have like a minus five hundred favorite. Like there's a reason why you know why it's a favorite because there people know things. So. Uh, yeah, I think I think that uh, the the awards are probably wrapped up. I, I like I said, I think the one that might fluctuate it is MVP because um, mm. that's that's the one that has uh, you know the, the most impotence. So I think maybe there's like you know people change their mind at the last minute, you know, because it, it's a very important award, it's a big vote. Um, but I, I think in terms of stuff like Coach of the Year, Most Improved, we, we sort of know what, what's going to happen there. Yeah, it's probably a wrap on those. When we look at the odds for the NBA championship, right? That's one that people still are inclined to bet on right yep. before the playoffs during the playoffs there still can be a lot of fluctuation in that how do you look at that in terms of approaching that what is the team of the best value you'll still see like the nets you can get them at plus 900 uh the warriors plus 800 um are there any of those teams around there that maybe have the fourth or fifth best odds that you think uh should you should maybe throw some dollars down on yeah, I, I think, you know, really what you said with the MVP award, right, is like it, it's not really worth it anymore to take, uh, you know, the, the the guys that are the favorites or even like, you know, the Suns, right? You probably should have taken the Suns before the season or, you know, a month into the season, whatever. Uh, at this point, there's there's really not a ton of value. It's all been exhausted on the Phoenix Suns. I think if you're going to look for a futures bet, I would I think I'm thinking about the Celtics at plus 850. I really do like this team quite a bit. I think they were the best team in the East. Uh, you know, for for a month a month there until Robert Williams got hurt, and then even then when he got hurt and they 
They took out, you know, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, and, and Jason Tatum, the rest of those guys. They still almost won a bunch of games. Uh, they played really well without them. So I, I think that, you know, the Celtics could certainly make some noise here. And I think really what you're looking at with the futures bet, uh, you know, in the East is like, okay, well, can this team, or really in general, is this team going to get to the finals? And then you probably have a chance to hedge against them. And I think if the Cel- I think the Celtics can definitely get to the finals. The, the East is, is I, I don't know if the East is going to be as predictable as people might think it might be. Um, I think the Celtics can beat a lot of teams. And again, like I said, Robert Williams is, is there's whispers that he's going to come back for the playoffs. It, the injury wasn't supposed to be that long-term of injury to begin with. So it makes sense. And they have the scoring, they have the defense. And, uh, you know, I, I think that this, this has been one of the best teams in the NBA all year. And, and, uh, I, I, I have a lot of confidence that they're going to, they're going to win this series against the the Nets. Again, like I said, I'm not, I don't want to lay, you know, minus 130 on them to win that series, but I certainly think if they can get through that series, they're, they're probably the favorites to win the East in my eyes. Um, I just, I, I, I don't, I have not seen the consistency that I wanted to see from the Bucks this year. And I think that they're a little bit overvalued a little bit by the public. Do, some people are going to say, Kenny, in terms of the NBA championship odds, they're going to say, well, you still got to believe in the Nets. They still got KD. They still got Kyrie. Sure. You're, you're like me. You sound a little bit like me where you're skeptical on that. And I wonder if it's because of the defense. Do you think the Nets are a good value at all for anybody looking to bet on a team to win the NBA championship? Well, yeah, I would, I would say the defense, but I also would say that the, the Nets, you know, they don't have the depth that a lot of these other teams do. And that, that is really what matters in the playoffs. And I think that with, you know, Durant and Irving, you're going to win a few games in this series. There's no doubt about that. But to, to last for an entire best of uh, best of seven series, you're going to need uh, a bench. You're going to need, you know, tertiary scorers. And that's not something that the Brooklyn Nets really have. And, you know, it's it's not necessarily Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's fault. It's it's really the fault of, uh, of James Harden, right? I mean, they had to give up all these guys to get James Harden, didn't really get much in return. Now you're really relying a lot on rookies. We were just talking about is Anthony Edwards in his first playoff series going to average all these, like, you know, it didn't Kessler Edwards and Cam Thomas and these guys are, are going to be able to carry the net second unit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Goran Dragic. I mean, he's, he's, he's getting old. Uh, we don't know. He's not certainly going to be the guy that he was four years ago. Uh, I just think there's a lot of question marks with this team. You obviously have the the, the potential here uh, for, for Katie and Kyrie to drop like a hundred points. Uh, but you know, I, <laughs> by themselves. But I think, you know, short of that, it's going to be really difficult for them to navigate an entire playoffs. It's just going to be too much to ask, I think. And, you know, this is a team that when Katie and Kyrie got here, it was a team that had plenty of young players. They had Jared Allen, they had Karis LeVert, they had Spencer Dinwiddie, all these guys, they had a culture and all those guys are gone now. You know, it's new guys. And I don't know if these, uh, these role players or the Nets are ready to step in and win a, you know, win a finals, um, help K- Katie and Kyrie win a finals, at least win a playoff series. And uh, I also think you're going to see that the Nets really miss Joe Harris uh, in, in this series mm-hmm. as well. I think you, you need, you need that shooting and Seth Curry has been great, but, um, and, and frankly, Patty Mills as well. But I just, I think that they're, they're a little, there are a few two players short of, uh, of, of being good enough to, to make a big run, but we'll see. I just, I don't, it's never really sustainable to have just an offense relying on two guys. Yeah, no, I, I happen to agree with that. And some people will also say, well, Ben Simmons might come back and, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I think yeah. that's a, there's a lot of ifs. Let's put it like that, right, Kenny? There's a lot of ifs around, of around the Nets. Last thing before we get out of here, when you're betting on the NBA in the playoffs, is it more challenging as teams advance to bet on these on these teams to win series because the competition generally gets better? The defenses are better. 
Do you find it more challenging as we get into deeper rounds in the NBA uh, to bet on these teams? Well, it's always more challenging to bet on to, to bet against teams that you bet on or, you know, fade a team that just won a series, right? Like there it, it, and that that is one of the tricky parts. The other tricky part is if you identify, hey, the Toronto Raptors, I think they're going to, you know, make some noise. They're going to upset the Sixers. If you bet on the Raptors now, they win this series. Next series, they're 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 maybe going to be favorites, or they're maybe not going to be as much value on them, right? So you're sort of going to kick yourself. I like, go, oh, well, should I have taken them to win the East? And it, it can always be a little tricky in that scenario. So uh, that is, pro- you know, those are the problems that I would say would arise. But in terms of you know just betting series to series, I think you just see what it opens up at. It you know if you like it, you take it. If you don't, you pass, and you see how the series develops. I wouldn't necessarily say it, like gets gets so much harder. I think emotionally it can get harder though for for someone to you know who has maybe an emotional attachment to a team that they're riding as an underdog to to fade them the next round. But you know that's that's what you do in betting every especially what I do every day with uh, with tennis. You bet on one guy, he wins, and then you you fade him the next round. Like that's that's how betting goes. You can't have loyalty or emotional attachments here. You just bet on numbers and uh, whichever ones look better to you. That's what you take. That's what you got to do. No emotional attachment there, Kenny. It's going to be interesting first weekend of the NBA playoffs. We'll see how all this stuff plays out. Um, Thank you for the update on Paul George. That is going to be interesting. See how that plays out tonight. That is Kenny Ducey. You can catch him on the boardroom, also the Action Network and NBC Sports Edge. He's one of the best people to talk about in terms of betting. Kenny, thank you so much for joining me. We appreciate you, man. Um, We'll have to have you back on later throughout the playoffs. We'll definitely have to have you back on. I'm very excited. Yeah, I would love to do that. It's great to talk to you as always, Dexter, and uh, good luck with the, uh, the rest of the day. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Again, that is Kenny Ducey. Please go follow him. Check out all of his work. That is it for this episode of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. That Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. That's the wrong show. The NBA Exchange that we're on. That is my other podcast, which Kenny has been on. I've been, yeah. um, that, that is it. We are going to be off next week because I'm out of town. Uh, we will not be here next week, but we will return the following week. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Probably some series starting in the second round of the playoffs. I'm Dexter Henry. That is Kenny Ducey. Until next time, y'all. Peace.